Hey, it's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and Kyle Kinane got together each week to ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, and other mysteries of the universe. Or at least that was our initial intentions. But if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also ran a Patreon page that offered up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully someday soon we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster, but until then, enjoy a blast from the past from your old pals Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. Okay, I started. You start? I started. Oh. Dave. Nothing like ASMR. Nothing like watered down diet Pepsi. It's got too much bite. Put a little soda water in there. You think diet Pepsi has too much bite? No, I'm just busting. Oh. Can I get a soda and water, please? Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) Pepsi and water, please. Pepsi and soda water. (laughs) What's up, dude? I'm trying to get there, man. Yeah. A big old cup of iced coffee. Oh, is that what that is? I got two days in town. Yeah. And I got busy. Yeah, dude. That's what happens when you're in demand. You're a about that. You're a mover and a shaker in this town, Kyle. No, I booked this. I knew which days I was choosing to yeah. book. Oops. That's my computer. Yeah. But yeah, man. I'm uh also time change. Oh, I fucking hate it. We can get rid of that. It's dark at five twenty. Somebody's made that joke, but the, but like I don't know any president that says they'll get rid of rid of daylight savings. Like, yeah, I'll vote for you. It's dark at five twenty p.m. It's worthless out here. It's worthless shit. I don't get it. Although I will say this, all right. It sometimes makes like if you're if you're having a night at home with a lady. You're going to watch a movie, get high. You know, every now and then we'll just have those, like, we're, we're in for the day. We'll get home in the afternoon, whatever. And just that feeling of, I'm done for the day. I don't have any spots tonight. I don't have to go back out tonight. If you're having one of those nights, it makes that seem a lot longer. Like, you know, more of a slumber party thing. Now, like, fuck all that, man. You know, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, no, man. I don't, then fine, I'm at home. And it's light out. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's what I mean. Yeah, it's for farmers that get up at five a.m. Yeah. <clears throat> now that's not we've uh, we've put out we've destroyed all the farmers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, it's a sluggish time of year. Yeah. And I laid in bed too long this morning after I woke up listening to a podcast about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah. And about how did he get famous and have all his money and stuff? How, did, how where did he get his money? Uh, I think Ponzi schemes. Mm. 
yeah, was a creep early on with the ladies, mm-hmm. and then was just uh, you know one of these uh, financial scumbags we heard about in the the Madoff type of things. Okay, taking everybody's savings, saying they're going to invest it and secure and like like put it put their money in secure places instead they were just gambling with it Ah. it. yeah real piece of shit all around can't believe he didn't kill himself have you seen all the trolling stuff that's been going on with that (laughs) like i saw some news story the other day and it was like some guy uh, it was like local news out of phoenix or something Mm -hmm. or may may have even been like fox news but it was just some guy who was like uh, part of some like um Dog, uh, oh, military yeah. dog foundation. Yeah, but that Epstein didn't kill himself <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> well, I think I, I think it's good. Yeah, remind people. Yeah. Hey, no, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, high-powered people uh, uh, covered their tracks. Yeah, in pretty much broad daylight. Yeah, and uh, we're just gonna roll over and take it. Mm-hmm. So, that's and it happened. is weird. Like this whole and the guards just got arrested. Yeah, for not doing their job or something. What? Because you let someone in to murder him. And it is weird because the guy was a scumbag and he was probably a pedophile, you know. So it's like, well, no, fuck, was, was. We okay, yeah, was fuck that guy anyway. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want my government just killing people and then pretending that they committed suicide. You know, that's scary. Yeah, they're cl- yeah they're they're cleaning their tracks, mm-hmm. which is now you got a bunch of people that are getting weird about conspiracies like everything's a conspiracy like i read so much about the people that tend to believe in conspiracy theories mm-hmm. in spite of facts being put towards them mm-hmm. but this one's pretty much like no 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 the government yeah whoever it was they're like oh yeah we all fucked little kids because he procured them for us yeah and now he's gonna spill the beans and wasn't it like hundreds of people that were probably gonna get Ratted oh, out. The, yeah, the like the I was it was a, Not just a, a wondery of podcast called the mysterious Mr. Epstein or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he just had all kinds of people on his roster. Had a, a private island. Jesus Christ. That was gnarly. But anyway, so I was listening to that. So uh and yeah, with the two guards just got uh uh what did they get? Charged by federal gender duty with conspiracy and filing false records in connection with their actions. Hmm. So what are they doing? Saying that like, oh no, they I went to s- sleep or something. Yeah. Yeah, they said they went to bed. No, they fucking let a dude in there to kill him. Anyway, that's what happened. <clears throat> that's how that went down. Mm. What's going on with you, Dave? Oh man, <laughs> where to begin? Where to begin, dude? What's uh, what's up with your what's up with your sweet life? <laughs> some of your sweet red life right now. Well, it's a lot going on in my life, man. Yeah, you like moved, I mentioned last you week, moved to Orange County. Yeah, got engaged, got a fist fight, moved to Orange County. Not not necessarily in that order. We covered some of that business. Yeah. I guess the order would be: got in a fist fight, got engaged, moved to Orange County. So. Yeah, moved to Orange County, man. Uh, <laughs> moved, had to uh, had to vacate the premises fairly quick. Well, we heard, yeah, we, we all heard a bit about that. Yeah, um, I don't want to go into it too much, right? I don't care. Fuck it, you know. Fucking guy came at me and I fucking punched him. You punched out your neighbor. Punched out my, and he fucking started it. And I, when I say started, I don't mean like he started it. I mean started. He initiated. It was a verbal altercation. Which I was at fault, and I was trying to be apologetic, 
and I was trying to be understanding. My cat got on his balcony, and he lost his fucking shit, and he started screaming at my girlfriend. And uh, I came out to play peacemaker. You punched a fool in the face. Bro. And I was being calm as I could be. Not here's the thing too. I know I have a tad of a reputation of being whatever. But the, back in the day, all right, I'm 42. I'm a level-headed guy. I'm not. I'm definitely not a bully. Have never been a bully. I've never ever phys- started a physical fight. Never started. No, you one. stand for justice. Yes. And I don't think anybody's thought different other than that. I've never. But I know. It's like some of my friends joke about how, like, oh, if somebody were going to get in a fight tonight, it would be Dave. And it's not that I not look for a trouble. Fight, but you wouldn't put up with some shit. Yeah, I don't put up with shit. And well, and it's not like he fucking called me a name and I punched him. Like, I got thick skin. I got a decent brain in my skull. Like, at the end of the day, I don't want trouble. I no, don't want com- to go to jail. I don't want any anything to uh, sidetrack or uh, derail my life. But, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'll talk about it. All right? Cat got on his balcony. Mm-hmm. Tried to apologize. There's a lot of other details. That just I don't... Not, not, you had spoken uh, with one neighbor. Yeah, cat. spoken to one... I understand. Yeah. Understood what was going on. Cat got on two neighbors' balconies. Yeah. One, one guy, I knock on the door, explained to him, hey, man, sorry, we never met. Lift two doors down. Cat's on your balcony. He's like, oh, shit, man. I got a cat, too. Come on in. Let's solve this problem. Couldn't have been a nicer dude. Then get it, go out on his balcony. Now the, the cat's on the other neighbor's balcony. Mm-hmm. Go knock on that guy's door. Doesn't respond. Knock on it again. Doesn't respond. <laughs> Katie hops over to grab the cat for three seconds. Then we hear, what the fuck? And then Katie's like, oh, shit, you are home. Well, I'm so sorry. You know, my cat's on your balcony. We only yeah. She only hopped on the balcony because we knocked twice. To see if, you know, hey, man. Nobody's home. We gotta yeah. get the cat off Yeah, there. gotta get the cat off. The cat's gonna go run away otherwise. He freaks the fuck out. What? Then I go knock on the door again to apologize. He he doesn't know it's me. He yells, fuck off, Katie. I guess they had had a beef a long time ago. This guy's been living there like 10 years. Uh, so I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, we got, at that point, we got the cat back. So it was like the problem solved. What was the long time ago beef? Uh, uh, just, I don't know, just one of those neighborly, like somebody was being loud. Yeah. But I've lived there two years. I've literally never seen the guy. Never met him, never seen him, never spoke to him. Um, so at that point, you know, I'm knocking on the door a third time to apologize and explain why my girlfriend was on his balcony. Uh, mm. Fuck off, Katie. Um, so we leave it alone. Got the cat back. No problem. Okay, our neighbor's an asshole, but no big deal. Who cares? Yeah. Ne- never even met the guy. Five minutes later, Katie goes out to take the trash out, and then I hear two people screaming at each other. Scufflings. And uh, he had uh, he had made a – he wouldn't answer the fucking door before or after the incident to, exp- to li- listen to us explain what's going on, but makes a beeline to the manager's office to complain on us, which is fine. So while he's coming back from the manager's office, Katie's going out to take out the trash, and they get into it. They're screaming at yeah. each other. And I, I didn't see this part because I didn't see, like, the first 10 seconds of it because I was in the apartment. But apparently he, like, got in her face. Yeah. Now, had I seen that? The story may have gone a little different. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't see that because I'm not going to let somebody just get up in, in her face. But I didn't yeah. see that part. All I heard was them screaming at each other. And all I wanted to do was for both all parties to be quiet because we're out in the common area. I don't want to feel like fucking trailer trash, you know, out here screaming at each other. So I'm like, Katie, oh, Katie, go, go inside. What, I, a, what a term. I, I, some I, people I, live in trailers and they're perfectly nice people. Yeah, no, not all people who live in trailers are trash, but there are not some. Not all trash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
So I get Katie to calm down. I bring, I, I get her to go in, and now I'm trying. I'm not, ag- I'm not angry. I'm not hot. I'm not anything. I'm like, hey man, look, I totally understand. I, I see why you're freaked out. And he just wasn't hearing it. She's on my balcony. Who the fuck are you? She's on me. Just kept repeating those two phrases. Yeah. She was on my balcony. Who the fuck are you? Well, I'm fucking Santa Claus. Who the fuck do you think I am? Deduce who I am, idiot. Uh, deduce. So finally, How dare you to deduce? But he just was not interested in our apology or explanation or anything. And I was like, man, I, I get it. I get that you're freaked out. But listen to what I'm saying. Our cat got on your balcony. I knocked on your door twice to try to get your attention and get your permission or whatever. It just wasn't having it, wasn't having it. We were jawing at each other for about 30, 60 seconds. Not once did I raise my voice. Mm. Not once did I swear. Not once did not once did I ever think that it was going to lead to a physical altercation. Because you know, I could just I'm good at sizing up a situation and figuring out how I need to react. Yeah. And uh, the very end, we weren't getting anywhere. And I just, sincerely, I said, "Let's start over." And I stuck my hand out and I said, "Let's start over." Got off to a horrible start. I didn't even catch your name. I'm Dave. And I hold my hand out to shake his hand. He stares at me with a stupid fucking look on his face for about five seconds. Finally, I tap him on the elbow as a not an nobody would ever consider this an aggressive gesture. I gave him a dismissive, well, good luck, buddy, or nice try, buddy. But like the the subtlest, slightest little double tap on the elbow. And I said, I can't remember if I said, well, fuck off or good luck. Or I said something to like this conversation. Yeah. So, You're not going to shake my hand. Then then. And, all right, I tried. Go fuck yourself. I can't remember what I said, but I literally just tapped him on the elbow like, you know, have a good night, mm-hmm. idiot. And uh, when I, and I stepped to turn around to walk back to my apartment, and as soon as I took a step and turned around, he goes, did you really just touch me? Mm-hmm. And then he shoved me very aggressively in the back. Right there, he shoved me in the back. What does that tell you? Like, it wasn't that one of those classic, you know, you're in my face and I'm going to shove your chest to get you off me. He, I'm walking away. He shoves me in the back. And even at that point, I had told myself in that split second, if I turn around and this guy's standing where he was standing, fine. Have a good night. No harm, no foul. I'm going to continue walking into my apartment. He shoves me aggressively in the back. Now I'm standing in my doorway. My my door actually kept me from falling. I turn around, and the fucking dude's charging at me with clenched fist. <laughs> he does a quick little 10-foot charge with clenched fist, tight quarters, no, no room for me to maneuver. I defended myself with one punch to the fucking eyebrow, and he was <clears throat> unconscious before he hit the floor. And, and now you get to... Uh... And, the irony there, too, is I didn't want to physically hurt the guy. I was trying to keep him from hurting me. The irony there, as soon as I popped him, I saw that it, it wasn't like a, a real fast, like, boom, hit the floor. It was kind of a – he wilted and crumbled. And, like, as soon as I popped him and I saw that he was crumbling, I then literally 
like caught his head and like guided him down so he yeah. so he wouldn't smack the back of his head on the concrete floor and hurt himself even more. So and then the neighbor who I had just met, the other neighbor, walks out right when that happens. This keep in mind, none of us have ever met each other before. I think the two neighbors may have knew, known each other, but I never met the nice neighbor, had never met the dickhead. Mm-hmm. Soon as the dude crumbles unconscious, the nice neighbor comes out who I had just met sixty seconds earlier, two minutes earlier, whatever, and I go, Hey Wayne, I know this looks terrible, man, but I swear to God he started it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, shit, yeah, okay, uh, you know what, just go on inside, I'll take care of this. Anyway, so there's, there's that fucking story. And we, 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 we got asked to leave the property, not because I got into a physical altercation, but because, A, we had a cat, we weren't supposed to have yeah. a cat, and, B, Katie made a breach of the renter's agreement by entering someone's well, balcony. Yeah, that's the easiest way to solve it for your mm-hmm. – Property. We didn't break into his apartment and jack off no, on his bed. Property, the owner of the building or property manager is like, I need to solve this by one of the parties yep. leaving, and you broke rules, so mm-hmm. you're going to go. It's not right, but that I can see that being the Which is fine, because I've been wanting to move for a while. I don't like that neighborhood. I don't like that apartment. Um, so now I live in Orange County for a couple of months. Yeah. And it just so happened, I don't know if I've talked a whole lot about this on the show, but Katie's dad got a nice big house down in Orange County. Lives alone now because his wife died six months ago. Got this great big house, living alone. Well, two weeks ago, he falls and breaks his hip. Yeah. And he's still he's still in the hospital, the rehab center for that. So he was going to need some help anyway. He's, he's scheduled to get out in about a week or two. So it was just made sense, like mutually beneficial. Uh, all right. Well, <clears throat> this is the Q&A episode, so I hope your question was what's going on with Dave. Because that was... 16 minutes of finding out so, yeah. Dave's scenario. But wh- how could I have handled that differently? I don't know. I'm with you on it. I mean, I, I don't maybe I shouldn't have maybe I shouldn't have verbally triggered him. Oh, but guy, you know, this guy sound like a fucking uh, jerk. In his mind, it he was got treated like a jerk. He yeah. behaved like a jerk and got treated like a jerk. Unfortunately, in, you have to uh <laughs> There's consequences for you. In his litigious little mind, I think he was like, well, technically this guy touched me, so that gives me the green light to kick his ass. Well, sorry, but it didn't turn out that way, pal. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a loser. Yeah. So there we go. And that's that, and we couldn't do nothing about it. Corey Childers asks, what are you guys' favorite sneakers? If we want to change up the, yeah, the mood a little bit. Yeah, sorry. What's your favorite sneakers, Dave? Man, used to. See, here's my thing with sneakers. I Low-key is the the more low-key, the better. Like like in high school, you know, like in the 90s when everybody was getting into. I don't know. I don't like multicolor. I don't like fucking robot sneakers no you're not a flashy dude not a flashy guy i've always loved chuck taylor's because they're kind of classic and timeless yeah you know they were popular in the 50s they're popular now i like the way they look uh terrible shoes not comfortable at all no, garbage shoes. not comfortable at all so stylistically i like the look of a chuck taylor but i don't wear them anymore because they hurt my fucking feet gotta put inserts in there yeah so now i just uh what do i got i got these uh nike air force something like the the fucking cross training type Nike black Nikes. I don't know. I'm not a sneakerhead. I like the retro Jordans. I like that look. The old school kind of eighties retro Jordans. I I agree with those. I I'm like not those. A big flashy guy. I was always an Adidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Right where Stan Smiths, Shell Toes, like Adidas or Vans. Yeah, that's it. Nothing. Yeah. I, I'll throw a flashy one on once in a while, change it up. Mm-hmm. But I was always an Adidas or Adidas or a Vans guy. From just going to the store to get shoes, those are the ones I'm trying on. I don't even mess around with other brands. Classic Vans, <clears throat> skate high, skate low. Who has a question, Alexandra Onesto? Hey, guys. Wonder if you think the comedy scene is big enough to be classified into genres, and if so, what would you all fall under? I think it is, but it's harder than music. Why is that? Well, I think the band is going to stick to a genre and stay with it to keep the fans, because music fans are have a wider <laughs> it's a wider range. Comedy is usually like, eh, if it's funny, if it's, it's funny. I like storytelling comics. I like one-liner comics. Mm-hmm. I like to laugh, but mm-hmm. people like to do different things when they respond to music. Okay. Oh, I want I want to put on music to chill out and clean the house to. I normally try to be mellow. Oh, I like when I'm working out or doing a thing. I want to listen to some hard charging music. So I think music fits more uh, speeds of life. Whereas, regardless of what genre of comedy it is, the end result is always laughter. Yeah, I want to yeah. sit down. I mean, I think there is like there's one liner dudes. There's still, mm-hmm. I guess, what you would call alt comedy, but mm-hmm. it's not really. It's just all comedy. But mm-hmm. yeah, storytelling kind of subject matter, blue comedy, dark comedy. Uh, I mean, obviously, your sketch and your improv comedy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you could do that. I just don't know why. And what would we fall under? I don't know. Well, the why might be like I get. I think Maria Bamford references in a joke, but just mm-hmm. like. You know, oh, we've got what was going on at your club tonight? Comedy. Yeah. What kind? Comedy. You know, like if you're wanting to see, you know, yeah. There's I forget what club is like. If you're fans of these comedians, you mm-hmm. might like who's here this week. That makes well, sense. Good, good on them. Inst- instead of thinking like, oh, this might ostracize people, or like, well, maybe it'll actually get people to take a chance and come in and see comedy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Bamford's definitely her own category. Mm-hmm. But, like, think about, like, how broad, you know, if you wanted to go see. <laughs> but also, same, good, that's on you to look it up, then. Yeah, true. People walk into a comedy club going, well, I like comedy, so I'm going to go see it. I mm-hmm. never did that with music. I did, like, comedy, I would do that as a somebody who's already doing comedy. I'll mm-hmm. go sit in the back of the club and watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I, I see both sides. I see paying money, like, I'm on a date. And comedy should be a safe place because it's comedy and everybody mm-hmm. likes to laugh. But how do you like to laugh? Some people like to laugh because they want to watch somebody fall downstairs. Mm-hmm. Other people like to laugh because they like family circus cartoons. Mm-hmm. That's two different types of things yeah. of what makes you laugh. Nah. Yeah. I got no answer. I, I hear you, man. Give That's me, a good what, question. What, what, do you, what do you got? Give me <laughs> Get one out of here. Um, Eli Bueno. Dave, I also recently got engaged and I'm serving barbecue at my wedding. What do you think is better for barbecue without making a huge mess? Half of slow-roasted chicken per person or brisket? Uh, without making a huge mess, you want to go with something they can eat with a knife and fork. So I would go with brisket. I love roasted chicken, but at a wedding, you don't want, to be, you don't want people eating chicken off the bone, gnawing on a chicken thigh, getting sauce all over your face. You know? is it, well, that's I was like, was it buffet? I was confused. Doing buffet style. I mean, regardless of buffet or not, like I don't know if you're not, if you're trying to keep it not a mess, I, w- I would go with the brisket. But with that, you got people also love, people love brisket. Too. Well, people love good brisket. Brisket is also the easiest of the smoked meats to fuck up because it's just so temperamental. 
and uh, you got to be real careful. Temperamental ass brisket. <laughs> you got to be careful with that brisket. But uh, yeah, I, I'd go with brisket. I'm not saying I I like them equally. I love barbecue chicken. I love a, a chicken thigh, chicken quarter, chicken half. But uh, you know, at a wedding and nice clothes, uh, stick to the knife and fork. Here's a fun one. <laughs> Jen Thomas, question for Dave. You're locked in a gymnasium with a thousand six-year-olds of all shapes, sizes, and backgrounds. Without warning, they all turn and begin to savagely attack you. Can you survive the onslaught, or do they eventually take you down? A thousand thousand of them? I think I would get tired before. You know, I I would wear out, and they would eventually. I'm trying to think of the size and shape of your average six-year-old. Six-year-old's tiny. It, it, yeah. Man, a thousand of them. That's oh, what I'm thinking. That's a nightmare. And backgrounds. I'm like, of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds. I'm like, what's the, yeah, I was thinking, what's the mentality of a six-year-old? Are they, like, are they street brawling <laughs> six-year-olds? Yeah. Are they classic six-year-olds that are going to get scared, you know? Like Maybe those... I'll get rid of half of them just by, you know, like, stand in the corner. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yell at them. Yeah, just get a real stern voice, and you might be able to eliminate a lot of that thousand. Yeah, from the get go. Louis C.K. had that joke yep. about that, about how his kid one time had like a black eye when she was like five or six, mm-hmm. and he took her to an event, and then like the other parents were giving him dirty looks, like, like, oh, if I did, you, oh, you think I did that? If I did, if I had done that, I would have destroyed her. She's five. I could take out hundreds of them. He just does this act out where he's just bonking them all on the heads. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yep. Well, that's that's the part of the question. Are they obedient? You know, I think uh, I think if I if I had a, a limitless amount of stamina, which I do not, I think uh, I could take, you know thousand six year olds. But I think psychologically you can um, overcome a large portion of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Then now we got to think about what in what technique. What am I doing? It just. Just punches to the face. Am I? Oh, they're short. Head kicks. I don't. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know if you want to go with the actual literal violence here. Yeah, that's true. I've had enough describe, talking of violence today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you want to beat up these six-year-olds. Like I said, you just tell them the floor's lava, yeah. and then you got nine hundred of them. As long as they don't push me in the back. Up the bleachers. Yeah. Don't push me in the back and charge me. Bill Aldridge says, Kyle, my band, the Vaudevillians, Vaudeville, I don't know what it's called, from Chicago, will be on the road and playing Appleton the same night as you. Oh, they want to share a drink. Oh, well, yeah, I might be out that night. I know Bill. Bill Bill is a sweet guy. I met his family. Bill's the guy that brought me a knife, just unsolicited. He brought me a knife to my show last time I was in Chicago. Oh, all right. And he reached out to me directly and told me to tell you. The, what he's what he's telling you now? Oh, so he's from, I, oh, and then Sean Poulter, another Patreon. Mm-hmm. They're just all going to hang out. Well, yeah. everybody hang out and uh, hang out in uh, Appleton. Yeah, Bill's a I'll good dude. Yeah. Good, good Chicago folks, and uh, yeah, go see his band if you got some time. Right, yeah, hit me up on the book or something. I got two shows that night. We'll see where I'm at. Watch out now. <laughs> Jen Thomas, I, I'm going to do two questions from Jen Thomas because uh-huh. then she said, any thoughts on dudes who wear affliction shirts? I don't have any fashion commentary here. I just think they're hilarious. A thousand six-year-olds all wearing affliction shirts. Well, then now, I got, now they deserve it. Yeah, no, now, now you know they want to fight. Yeah. 
That's my thought on people wear affliction shirts. They look like six-year-olds who want to fight all the time. I think guys who wear affliction shirts. Um, Is that still? Are they still out there? Oh, I, yeah. They're not. They're not as many as there were eight years ago, mm-hmm. but they're still out there. I think those are guys that uh, that don't listen to public opinion. Yeah, not, maybe not, they just didn't know. Do you? Are you not aware that this is the punchline of a million different jokes? Yeah, but uh, but for somebody like me, uh, I you could you could say anybody wearing a actual jersey, mm-hmm. anybody wearing a football jersey with jeans looks the same to me as a dude in, a, in an affliction shirt. The difference, in my opinion, is that a jersey, even though I do think that's a bit cheesy, that's still an uh, association with a real thing. Oh, I've been a fan mm-hmm. of this team my whole life. What's what's the personal association with the tacky ass affliction shirt? It's. I just think it's because not even a thing. It's not. I a, think it's people who just didn't know that mm-hmm. everybody else is making fun of them. Yeah. And if that's the case, live your life. What's the other one uh, that about the same time? Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy was. Ed Hardy and affliction were kind of. Yeah, well, that's just fashion is pretty silly in general. Of like, yeah. they spent a lot of money on this thing that I full well know will not be popular next year. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just seems like one of the most wasteful things to follow with your life. That's true. Like I get people wanting to feel look good and feel good in your clothes, but like, but yeah, I, I feel like anybody else. Like, you find a generally un non like this, the wordplay sounds bad here, but undateable look. Mm-hmm. Not meaning that you'll be alone forever, mm-hmm. but like, oh, that's your look. And it's not of the, like, oh, this guy's stuck in the 80s. It's, yeah. it's like, no, nah, it's your look. And it winds up being pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Jeans and T-shirts. I got more clothes here at the house. If I'm on the road, though, I pack light and I don't pack a lot of options. But if I'm at home, I'll put on. I got my silly outfits for this and that. If I feel like going out wearing a big, loud shirt or something, yeah. I'll do it. But. See, I've gone the opposite. Like in the last year, and I'm sure you've probably noticed, I've got uh, I wear this black Carhartt T-shirt. And I have eight of the same shirt just because I like it. It's comfortable. It's not dated. Like, I feel like this shirt yeah. is going to look fine 30 years from now. Well, I don't know what else you've been wearing you know, otherwise. I wear that. And I wear my clutch hoodie. Yeah, That's you literally have, all I have. You haven't changed it up too much. <laughs> but I, I just like, I don't know. I, it's that I'm not comparing myself to Einstein, but you hear that theory of like, he wore the same thing every day because that was one less thing he had to You're think about. You're not comparing yourself yeah, yeah. to Einstein. Do not mistake. Do not get confused. I'm not you know, on Dave his level. You know, Dave and Einstein are a lot alike. A lot of people they try to wear the same us clothes every day. <laughs> but I do like that concept of like it's just one less thing I have to worry about, you know. And I will say this, like, okay, I, talking about, I'll, I'll I'll turn the the spotlight on myself. Uh, apparently, uh, a punchline I've noticed in the last few years is cargo shorts. Oh, uh, cargo shorts are dated and lame. I like them. I got one pair of army green cargo shorts I wear all the time because there's pockets. I could put sandwiches. I could put knives. Also, guess what? If you're out wearing shorts, mm-hmm. fashion isn't an issue. Ooh. Mm-hmm. If you're out wearing shorts, there's no high society function, but also shorts. Yeah. Get fucked. Wear cargo shorts. Yeah, I like my cargo shorts. I love how the whole thing, I was like ladies that would like talk about guys don't like high-waisted jeans. Guys hate high-waisted jeans, but then shit all over dudes wearing cargo shorts. Yeah. How about you wear what you want to do to feel comfortable? I'll wear what I want to feel comfortable. And who gives a hot fuck? Yeah. The rest of it, like any fashion, make like that's fashion before function. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all maybe put on like a, a jacket or something we like. Doesn't fit great, but ah, I look good and I'm going out tonight. We mm-hmm. all got that stuff. Yeah. 
But I think high heels are the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I feel bad for women. Never look like they're happy in them. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing. It. They look stupid and torturous, mm-hmm. and I think you're foolish for wearing them unless you're happy wearing them. Yeah, I'm like, please don't, please do stop doing things for men out here too, man. Like I, I have this thought about once a day, and I know this is not right, and and but I don't mean anything by it. Of course, it's going to be a, a buzzword that might trigger some people, but especially in L.A., about once a day, I'll see a guy. Because the guys who are trying hard out here, fashion-wise, yeah. it's so nauseating. About once a day, I'll see a guy, and I'll think to myself, oh, he better be gay. Like, like if he's gay, that's fine. I expect you – know, I know I'm generalizing stereotyping, but if you're gay, I expect you to be a little more flamboyant, adventurous. With, but I'll see guys with, like, just the silliest fucking little outfits, and I'm like, oh, he, he better be gay. Yeah, well, then this is what I see this. I'm like, okay, that's the way you want to express yourself. I think it's silly to chase it and spend money on it. Yeah. But if that's how you want to express yourself, I mean, we have tattoos. Yeah. That's f- fashion. That's permanent. Yeah. That's why I can say that fashion is fleeting because my shit is dated and mm-hmm. it's there forever. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe better if you just want to spend a few thousand dollars every year on something that you. Mm. To each his own. What else we got? Ray McScriff. Is that your real name, Ray? That's a pretty nice. Ray McScriff. Ray McScriff. Dave, what's your opinion on Traeger grills and all the other various brands of electric smokers hitting the market? Personally, I find that to be completely hack. Was that your stomach? I think so. That was a nice growl. Uh, I have some coworkers uh, who have them who think of themselves as barbecue masters, don't even know how to manage an actual wood fire. Also, do you guys have any uh, NSFW life hacks? Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Ray. Um, well, here's the problem. Okay, here, here's the debate. Traeger grills and these electronic smokers and these pellet smokers, they got these smokers now, Kyle, where you just you put the meat on, you put the wood pellets in, and then it's all like electric in that you dial in the temperature and you dial, just like an oven, you dial in the temperature and you dial in the time. Okay. And and yes, okay, if, if the end game is I just want my meat cooked properly, then, then yes, I understand that. But don't be swinging your barbecue dick around, you know, like you've really done something. Oh, because you use those things. Yeah, because it is kind of like cheating. It's I mean, again, if you're just wanting good barbecue and you don't want to have to worry with doing it yourself, and all, all right, that's fine. But, like, don't puff your chest out like you're a pit master when all you're doing is dialing in some fucking digits. Like there is an art to to smoking barbecue the traditional way with wood, how, you know what type of wood, how hot do you get it? How, just, basically, barbecue just comes down to low and slow. You get that temperature that you want, yeah. usually around two twenty five, two fifty, and then you maintain it consistently for a period of time. Fucked up barbecue comes when it's two fifty for an hour, and then it's three hundred for an hour. When the temperature is fluctuating, it's going to fuck up your thing. So there is an art to like knowing how to manage your your fire so so yeah i think the electronic electric smokers are you know it's cheating but manual transmission versus automatic absolutely so yeah uh nsfw life hacks i don't know what that would not suitable for work powder your dick and balls in the summertime okay right 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 ship inner thighs get it all man Mm -hmm. yeah powder up 
That's one thing I like to do, powder mm-hmm. up. Travel with uh, travel with wet wipes. Mm-hmm. I love the wet wipe. Yeah. Why would you not want your butthole as clean as possible? Well, especially if you're stuck in airports or you know you're going to be on an airplane and mm-hmm. connecting flight and you just got swamp ass all day. That'll change yeah. your whole mood. Yeah. In addition to the powder, it's more just... You know, just undercarriage maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's uh, lascivious or dirty or anything, yeah. but that's a little thing you can do for yourself. It'll change your mood towards your day. Mm-hmm. So when you know you're walking around like a gritty asshole, Ugh. you know, gross. You just got it's just sandy back there. Ah, no good. Sandy backsides. In that uh, ballpark there, this isn't really a hack in that it doesn't really achieve anything. But I think I've mentioned this before. I like a shower with the detachable shower head. Uh, you know the detail. Oh, yeah. business. I like. Uh, I like. This is just my personal. I don't even know if this is sexual or this where this would fall, but I really enjoy when I'm done with my shower. I'll take that shower head off the mm-hmm. off the off the holster and keep it in my right hand. I will turn the heat as hot as it will physically go. With my left hand, I will I will lift up my ball sack. And I will I will just hose down the undercarriage of the ball sack with the hottest water possible, just because it feels good. Well, that's definitely a to you situation. Okay. I, th- I think so. I yeah. think somebody try that out and tell me I'm wrong. If you're the kind of person that enjoys that kind of weird pain, like an Indian, or you're not supposed to say Indian, but uh, the 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 twisty wrist uh, rug burn. Oh, that's the greatest thing in the world. So it, it scratches the same itch, no pun intended. But yeah, just uh, just squirt that high pressure. Uh, water right up onto your ball sack there and uh, get it real hot. And tell you what, here's a hack for that, a hack within a hack. Uh, give it a little scratch beforehand. Ir- irritate it no, a little man, bit. You just need to go to a dominatrix. <clears throat> yep. That's what you need to do. Hmm. All right. That's that. Yeah, I think you just need to turn a corner and realize really? that you derive pleasure from like, I don't, it. I don't... I don't get a boner from it or, you know. But, it's not about it. Yeah. Satisfaction from pain. Hmm. Hmm. I think that I think that's now. If I could get like an actual fire hose, you know, like some real, some real psi hot fire hose, some real psi. (laughs) Wind up in the ER with (laughs) missing a testicle. Yeah, Dave blew his nuts off. (laughs) Dave went and blew his nuts off trying to satisfy his urges. Oh God! All right, what else we got here? Let's see. Who are we talking to? Christopher Melkowski. Any advice on building back when the plan you had for life changes? I went to rehab and got sober eight months ago, and right after my four-year relationship with my fiancé fell apart because I stayed in and she didn't want to stop the party yet. Wait. I went to rehab and got sober eight months ago, and right after... Oh, okay. Fiance wanted to keep partying. Yeah, he he cleaned, he changed his life, and she didn't want to change her um, life. I, Chris, Sorry for I, not being Yeah, funny. no, I, that seems like um, one of those things that's uh, crummy now, but good thing that I had. Like if, if sobriety is what's going to get you mm-hmm. to the next phase in life, and someone who wasn't going to, and I, and I always am very leery about speaking like I got any kind of authority on this. Mm-hmm. But here's my opinion that if somebody wasn't going to stand by you because you were trying to get sober, what else weren't they going to stand by you with after you got married? Good point. What other major issues were they going to turn heel on 
if this is a major one for your own life and they couldn't stick with you on it. So it's sad that it fell apart, but maybe for the best in the long run. And if being sober, like, I'm scared. I keep, I'll talk to myself about it. Like, maybe I got to get sober or something. It's a scary thing. It's a scary, scary thing. Yeah. But then the people that I know that did it, once they finally settle back in and know, like, oh, they're still hanging out and they'll have the soda water and bitters, or I don't, I don't know what you're getting sober from there, Christopher. But still being able to hang out with some of the old friends. And old, and if you're friends, they don't sit there like, fuck, so and so doesn't drink. Yeah. Look at this. Like, I've got friends that are newly sober and yeah. it hasn't changed anything. Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, hey, man, how's it going? Do you want not me to ask about it? Does that make it worse? Because I'll just pretend like. You're, you know, I won't ask if you don't want me to. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before, but Katie and I are in a unique situation where she's sober. She mm-hmm. she used she admitted she used to drink a little too much, and it it affected her attitude and her behavior. Yeah, and uh, about three years ago, she quit cold turkey, hadn't had a drop since, and yet I continue. Like, of course, I've said before, this sounds like something an alcoholic would say, but I truly don't think I have a problem. Uh, but yeah, I, I have. You know, I have few drinks you know throughout the course of the week you know i don't drink every night but uh three nights a week i'll have two or three drinks sometimes more and uh but like and i when katie and i got back together once she got sober i was like listen you know it will not bother me at all if i need to just keep my drinking away from you do that with my buddies on my own time she's like absolutely not like it's not a temptation for her yeah and fortunately i'm the kind of guy that it really doesn't affect too much for me. Like, I'm not a mean drunk. I don't go out and do stupid things. I was not drinking the other night when I told that story with what happened with my neighbor, by the way. That happened in the daytime. Yeah, that happened at like 7 p.m. We had just gotten home from a movie. I was I was hopped up on popcorn and soda. But point being, uh, we're an interesting example of how one person could be stone cold sober and the other one just parties. And, yeah. and I mean, and I do it in front of her. Like, well, I'll sit at home and have a drink and she'll have a fucking soda water. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what your yeah, Christopher. I don't know what your friend group is like, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, you went to rehab and got sober, so that was rehab for sobriety. That yeah. was more than just like, oh, I guess I'll knock off the partying for a while. But I don't know. I feel like any rehab place worth its salt would follow through or teach you how to stay on that track. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I went to the. AA meeting when I got my DUI that made me go there. Really? But yeah, I went and it was like, oh, these are people that... Because I was forced to go there because it was mm-hmm. part of the, you know, the punishment. But yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this is this is helpful for people. Mm-hmm. I don't need... I'm, I'm here because of the law, but I don't mm-hmm. need this, these people. Oh, shit, I'm having a weak moment. There's a meeting somewhere all the time. That's good. And people to talk you through why you shouldn't be. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, do I need to get sober, that kind of thing? Yeah, all the time. Really? Yeah, because see, I I need to get I don't need to get sober. I I could benefit from not drinking simply from the calories. I know that you know it's it's hampering my weight loss and that I get, but I truly don't think it's really ever affected anything other than that. No, I, was on the, I was talking with somebody in there mentioned and uh, uh, somebody knew or somebody's father's like oh yeah so and so you know he had to clean it up. He'd been drinking pretty hard for twenty years. And I did the math. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been drinking pretty hard for 20 years. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. As far I, as I health, envision, like, I'm not like every day I'm drinking. Uh huh. But I'm drinking, and when I drink, I drink a lot, mm-hmm. and it's often. And I just sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm just I don't want to be hungover. I don't yeah. want to be. I'm drinking. Like, why am I drinking? If I'm out, like, 
Why? What's the point? Mm-hmm. So I could just at 2 a.m. still be awake and get shitty sleep again. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to loosen up socially to meet somebody. Yeah. That part's not around. So <clears throat> I don't know, Christopher. I think I don't have advice. I could say good luck. But <clears throat> yeah, the, the better that she left now because she's probably going to leave you for something else then anyway. Mm-hmm. Find uh, find. Uh, Fun, sober folks. They're Good out. luck, man. They're out there. Noah Nelson asked, least favorite thing about being on the road? That's a good question. Least favorite thing uh, about being on the road? As a guy who's just been home for 48 hours and has to leave tomorrow? Yeah. That part? Yeah. Just constantly having Well, I like I like home. being home now. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I like being home with the missus. I like being home doing my bike rides. When I had no life going on other than... Get drunk at shows in town and then go on the road and get drunk and party with strangers. Mm-hmm. Fine. But now I got, now I like doing this. Yeah. So I knew I was traveling a bunch this week. So I'm not, or this month. So I'm not upset about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. But yeah. It's a little, gets a little exhausting. Yeah. I'm probably the same way. I don't travel as much as you as frequently. I, have we, have, as we've mentioned before, I, mm-hmm. I go out on these longer stints, but not as frequently. But yeah, just, now that now that I have somebody to come home to, like that's nice. Uh, I may have told the story before, but like, and, and I always preface this this way, you know, it's not a not a boohoo story because it was a self inflicted hardship. Mm-hmm. But one of the most in living in the moment, one of the most bummer things I remember was would be when I was in the van, being on tour for like three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The tour's over. I'm driving you know, a couple of days to get home. And not only do I not have, you know, a, a beautiful fiance to come home to, I didn't even have a home to come home to. So like coming yeah. home from tour just meant pulling into LA and finding a parking spot. And it's like, Oh, well I'm quote unquote home. And that was, you know, again, it's my own doing, it was my own choice, but it was yeah. still, it was still kind of a bummer. So now it's nice to know that like, Oh yeah, I got uh, I got a place and a, and a and a and a person to come home to. So, like you said, that also that also is uh, the thing that sucks the most now about being on yeah. the road is being away from the people you love. But Hardleys are not bitch bitching mm. complaints. Mm-mm. No, I feel very lucky to be able to mm. you know to go out and do this shit. Uh, Andy Sanders. Kyle, do you do the Jeep wave? I do it. My brother does it, but my uncle thinks it's weird. All Wrangler drivers. What are your thoughts on it? No, I don't do it. It's dumb as shit. What is the Jeep wave? Have you seen if it? Somebody done? else drives a Jeep, so you wave at them. But is there a certain type of wave? No, you're just like, you have one of these, too. Fuck no. It's like, oh, you want a shirt? Me, too. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but you could argue, one could argue that that is a bit of a subculture, the Jeep subculture. Yeah, you know? but like I don't have to acknowledge it. Yeah. What would be the harm in acknowledging it? Like, hey, man. Usually I, I see somebody else in a Jeep, and I don't like them. <laughs> Why? Oh, you just don't like the average Jeep person? Average Jeep people are they either just got a Jeep and like, oh, I do a wave now, and that's all right. Yeah. Fine. But the dudes that have the big, just fucking, just the rape tanks, just uh-huh. the full, and mine's 35-inch, I, re- I realize that. But the angry eyes on the headlights oh, and yeah. all that shit, I don't want to know you. Yeah. So one guy pulled up next to me like, oh, fucking yeah, dude, right? And I'm like, ugh. What I used to do when I had a Jeep. I, 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 I'm, I don't care. I don't make eye contact. I don't 
I don't want to wave at anybody. What I would do, you know, now they, they do have that, obviously, too, for motorcycle folks. You always see the motorcycle guys do it. And they do this wave because they can, because there's no doors. They do like a, a low-angle how Hitler. Yeah. You know, they'll do the low. I used to do that in my Jeep when I would, because if I had my doors off. I would do yeah. that same thing to other, when I would see motorcycle guys, just, just well, to confuse was, them. I thought it was like a thanks for moving another way. That's why motorcycle guys do it. Well, no, they do it to each other. Oh. I always see him doing it to each other. Well, oh, and then I see Sam Thomason writes, if you don't wave back or just raise two fingers off the wheel, you're a dick. Well, I'm a dick then, Sam. <laughs> Why would you even buy that thing? Exactly. Why did I buy it? Because I wanted it. Yeah, not, not to wait, not to make friends. I didn't need a fucking community. <laughs> uh, I, I see both sides of that. But yeah. Because, no, why? Why? Oh, hey, Prius driver. Howdy. Well, there's a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about that. Oh, where really? Larry sees another Prius driver, and Larry waves, and the guy doesn't wave back, so he speeds up to yell at him, like, what the fuck? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, really don't care about it. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> I don't uh, give a shit. Uh, what else do we got here? Mm, well, some of these questions... I don't know how to answer. Yeah, yeah somebody's the Oreo. If you guys ever thought about reaching out to Robert Evans about being guests on an episode of Behind the Bastards, and, and that, I like Robert Evans. He was the one who did Who's the he? It Could Happen Here podcast. I, I don't know that one. Um, Billy Wayne's always on Behind the Bastards. Okay. He's kind of t- I think I, I have not listened to it. I think they talk about just real sons of bitches from history. I almost moved into Billy Wayne's guest house. Did I, I haven't talked to you since then. No. Uh, yeah. The other day, just so happened, like right when we got our three day notice, uh, Billy has in the past hit me up like, hey, you need a place. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was just like, hey, is your place open? And it was. And uh, we went and looked at it. And it's cute. It's really nice. It's just way too small. Yeah. And just oh, for the both of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be much for two people. Yeah. It's, it's perfect for like, you know, a, a college student with no pets or something, but two adults and three pets. That would have been tough, but that'd have been neat to have been right in old B Dub's backyard. Mm-hmm. We'd never got anything done. Um. All right. Yeah, well, I usually don't ask about being a guest. You usually, be, you usually are asked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never asked to be a guest on somebody's show. Um, uh, Canned Rock says, hey, Dave, congrats. Also, have you ever been told you bear a striking similarity to Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids? I've heard of that band name. I wouldn't know them. I don't, I don't picture as a Matt Pryor. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, oh, I love the Get Up Kids. I don't know who they are. I mean, I've heard the name, but I wouldn't know their music. No, nah, it's just the guy. It's just guys with beards. Everybody's like, yeah. you're the same. Oh yeah, you look like a guy with a beard. You look like this other guy with a beard. Hey, going back to your previous thing about the asking to be on podcast. A couple of years ago, uh, I was doing a show somewhere. I think it was a flappers, and uh, it was. We have since had a few guests on, mm-hmm. but at the time, we had never had a guest. And this is before we even did like a, a live show, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy, he's like, hey man, hey Dave. Uh, he was he was on the show too, man. I love your podcast, man. Uh, if you guys ever, I'd love to be a guest sometime. And I go, you like you like to be a guest on the Boogie Monster? And he goes, yeah, man. It's like you, you listen to the Boogie Monster. I listen to every episode. I was like, who's your favorite guest that we've had on? And he goes, oh man, I like them all. 
And I was like, yeah, we've never, some people we've never had a guest, who, dude. All right, who was it? I was just some guy I didn't even know. Oh. It was like, literally, it was just a comic. But I mean, I, I kept egging him on, like, you, you like him? Well, that's was, it, yeah, it's a Hollywood thing of like, oh, I'm going to hustle and schmooze everybody. Have a little base knowledge. you got to be yeah. better with your scamming. Yeah. I mean, I could see like asking, like, I'll be a guest. Oh, we don't have guests. Well, if you ever do. But acting like, yeah. But I even said, who's your favorite guest we've had on? And he goes, oh, I've liked everybody you've had on there. And I was like, we've never had anybody, dude. But thanks for your, thanks for your hustle. Sam Thomason, who I already who already doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't wave at other people that bought Jeeps. The, the other people that bought poor purchases for vehicles. So it resubmitted because you didn't get to it once, and I found it funny. Let's say you snuck into Dracula or any vampire's uh, lair during the daytime. Opened his coffin and drew dicks all over his face. How would he ever know? If he looked in the mirror, would the Sharpie dicks just float there above his clothes or would they not show up at all? I imagine there would be a lot of confusion since one day his victims would scream in terror then snicker right before he feeds on them. <laughs> um, all right, well. That's well thought out, Sam. Is it they can't. <clears throat> yeah, they can't see themselves. So the, but he wouldn't look in a mirror anyway. Because he knows he can't see himself. But how about this, Sam? If you opened up his coffee during the daytime, he would shrivel if there was sunlight anyway. That's true. It's a good. This is a good one, though. Mm-hmm. This is a. This is a. This is the proper kind of curiosity that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would happen if you. Who would know? You have to invite vampires in. Is it the other way? Can you go into their house without them? Don't jump on the balcony. That, that's a new thing. I didn't know you had to invite vampires. In. I, I wasn't aware of that. That's like uh, that's why the, there's a vampire movie called Let Them In or Invite the, uh, Let the Right One In or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, that was good. I, I watched that one. Which all these things, if you've ever watched, um, they just made a TV show about it. What was it? Fuck. It's an Australian New Zealand uh, vampire. Spoof thing, what we do in shadows, right, 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 with the uh, the dude from um, Flight of the Concords. Yeah, very funny movie, and mm-hmm. they keep that's they want to get into a bar, and the bar the door guy has to like, all right, ask us to come in, fuck off, man, just just go in. No, no, ask us to come in. So they're just arguing with this bouncer to get into a nightclub. That's funny. It's they 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 hit all the tropes very well. Um. That's my thing. If you open his coffin during the daytime, he would shrivel up because the daytime he can't be exposed, which seems like that'd be an easier way to just kill vampires instead of trying to wait for them to be alive at night and you have to have a wooden stake. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think he would know. Or if as soon as you start drawing on him, I don't know how deep of a sleeper the, the vampires are. Yeah. Good question. Hmm. What else we got? Uh, Chris. Dave, our, our Jeep questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a big Jeep. You want to get that one real quick? No. From Robert? No. As, no. as if we weren't qualified enough. Yeah, Robert. Hey, Dave and Kyle, my birthday present myself is becoming a booger. Happy birthday. Robert Berberick. Berberick. Berberich. My question is for Kyle. I'm a Jeep owner. 2012 JK two door. Also have a six speed. I was wondering if you have any tips or tricks for running stick off road and what's your setup? I have twelve point five lift and thirty five twelve fifty fifteens. I also upgraded four tens and power Mac limited slips. I'm going some squatching adventures out west soon. Illinois boy, uh Jamie Canyonero. I appreciate that. 
Thanks for bringing it funny. We're going to try and some Dave's recipes for this Thanksgiving. Sorry for mumbling through all that. A lot of that I didn't understand. Some of it I did. I have a two-inch lift and 35s. Uh, I forgot. I think I got 17. So you got big, big, fat tires on there. And you got the 410s. I got the Rubicon, so it already had 410s in there. I don't know what Power Tracks Limited Strips are. What are the 410s? What's four that in reference to? 410s are axles. Axles. Uh, if you're going uh, off-road and get, get yourself a compressor, either on board or something you can bring with, so you can let all the air out of those tires and get a lot of grip. Just be careful the the tires slipping off the bead unless you're getting bead locks on there. I don't have bead locks, and I would not know what to do if my tire fell off the bead. But I take the pressure out. I go down to about 15 uh, PSI in each one. Have you Smooth used your ride. winch? I did. I got stuck up in Gorman with Orbital on some obstacle course and slid off. And That's awesome. Up. I'm, like, I'm glad I finally used the winch. That's such a good thing to have. Well, because there's no mud or anything. Uh-huh. I tried to get it stuck in sand in Moab, like satin, real loose sand, going slow, trying to get it sunk down. But because I had taken all the air out of the tires, that gave me the traction to get out. So that's been a great, easy fix for things is – Having an onboard compressor so when you do hit hard road or blacktop, you can fill them back up without finding a gas station. Uh, stick off road is a pain in the ass. Learn how to finesse that. I kept screwing up and forgetting to put it in four low or have it in four high when I was going over stuff. Utilize that four low. Um, this, I don't feel comfortable giving up too much more advice. I'm sure I'm destroying my Jeep every time I go off-roading with it. And then I'm sure I'm going to be in trouble because I didn't wave at somebody else who had a Jeep, <laughs> and then I'll need help, and they'll be like, go fuck yourself. You didn't mm-hmm. wave. Uh, Luke, what's the craziest thing you guys have seen or experienced on mushrooms? All of it, man. They're mushrooms. They're good for your mind. I saw... It was when we were tripping together one time. Uh, me and my friend both saw a shooting star, but A, it was green. It was neon green. And B, I'm convinced that it zigzagged. Now, granted, I was tripping balls on mushrooms. Yeah, you don't get to say UFO if it was mushroom. I didn't say it was UFO. But it looked like a shooting star, but it was neon green, and it did a one quick little zigzag. Oh, I've, yeah, I've watched whole landscapes move in opposition of one another, <clears throat> like a Super Mario background on my yeah. I watched the floor slide under the wall. Yeah. I watched my toes <clears throat> grow and shrink when I was barefooted. Oh, That's wow. That's great. I love it. Everybody should. Everybody should do it. Uh, Chris Wiken, Wiken, Wiken. Uh, so what are your plans after comedy? Do you guys have a retirement fund set up or you just want to go have to get a job at Kroger until you hang yourself in a hallway house like in Shawshank? Well, that's, no, man, that, this that is it. took a weird turn there, Chris. This is it. Yeah, if I ever stopped doing comedy, uh, the only other thing I would want to do to make a living, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to do, the plan is to do these in conjunction, but uh, I'm going to have a record store. Love to just have a record store to hang out all day. Yeah, that's a financially sound way to go after comedy doesn't work. Is vinyl records? Well, uh, Mister Dumbass, uh, I meant to say smartass, not dumbass. But uh, did you know that this is the first year since 1986 that vinyl has outsold CDs? 
granted CDs been dead for a while. Yeah, that's a <laughs> shit argument. I just realized. <laughs> yeah. But vinyl's making it's a comeback. Like, go, this is the first year cordless phones outside <laughs> rotary phones. Doesn't mean... What, because they sold seven instead of six? <laughs> Fucking yeah. Vinyl's coming back, dude. Sure it is. Go, it's... go enjoy the Amoeba Records shutdown sale. Uh, Vinyl exists. They're they're sh- they're not shutting down. They're moving. They're getting forced out of their yeah, lease. It it's, the business isn't shutting. They're going to relocate. Oh, that's good. That building's I mean, being turned. I don't give a shit about yeah. vinyl, but I'm glad it's there. Yeah, and they sell more vinyl than they do anything else in that store. Yeah, and they sell a shit. Nobody wants you know anything else. Yeah, so because everybody wants vinyl, which means it's a good well, good no, business. Anybody plan. Anybody who's still buying physical copies of music is buying vinyl. Mm-hmm. But that's a small percentage of people that listen to music. I'm so glad to not need physical copies oh, of music. This is one less thing to just not have. That's oh, fun. I love it. I know. I know. I know some people like it. I don't care. Going to have a little nice little record store somewhere. I don't know where. You know? All right. Being like my little my little hangout, my little clubhouse. Mm-hmm. All the nerds can come in and we can talk about. I'm you down know. to Chapter Eleven Records. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was two Shawshank thing. I don't have a plan. I'm going to do comedy and save all my money from comedy and then just do comedy less. Spend the rest of my life spending. Yeah. Sp- uh, yeah. Semi-retired, man. Phase three. Mm-hmm. Do comedy when I want to do comedy. Because mm-hmm. that, I guess that was two Shawshank Redemption because Jake Rivera before says, and this ties to our earlier question, hey, guys, in Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne claims that nobody pays attention to your shoes. I tend to agree. How much stock do you put in someone's choice of footwear? That's wrong. People do pay attention to shoes. Um, I pay attention to shoes if I'm on set or I see somebody who has to work on their feet all day, I look at what footwear mm-hmm. they're wearing. So I'm yeah. assuming that's the most comfortable footwear. Just like Forrest Gump said. Uh, what, did he say that? He said you can tell a lot by lo- a lot about somebody by looking at their shoes. Oh. But you could walk all day in shoes like that and not feel a thing. And then she goes, my feet hurt. Oh. <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Stop talking to me. Oh, the lady on the bus bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, like crew guys, if they're wearing like a certain brand of hiking boot or something like those, must be real comfortable. Yeah. I know that, you know, chefs, speaking of the the Crocs, they always wear Crocs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's mostly because they're incredibly comfortable. And also, you can spill shit on them and they're rubber and you wash them right off. And you don't slip. You don't slip in them, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in that sense, I pay attention to what people are wearing. Mm -hmm. If it's for a certain task. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, again, back to the fashion footwear, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Or if I see, like, I like seeing somebody who's, like, like the rest of their outfit's probably cool and up to date or whatever, but then their footwear is sensible. Like, if there's a server in a restaurant Mm -hmm. and they look cool, but then you look at their shoes and they're not wearing cool shoes, they're wearing, like, comfortable, Mm -hmm. I got to be on my feet all day. She's like, yeah, you know, your priorities are right. Yeah. Seeing somebody bartend double shift in Chuck Taylor's, like, my feet hurt. Like, yeah. That's your fault. I got one here. Tom, Dave, you sometimes briefly mention you have a brother, but you don't talk about him as much as your parents or Kyle does about his parents and sister. 
You see, like you are very different. For some reason, it would be very amusing to see two Dave Stones rolling about the countryside looking for coyotes to wrangle. Um, yeah, I, I don't talk enough about my brother, uh, and that's not on purpose. Uh, uh, there's We have a good relationship. Not that we don't have a good relationship. We have, we've never had beef. We've never had an issue. But we haven't lived together in 22 years. Um, maybe no longer than that. Yes, I moved out of the house in 96, so yeah, 23 years we haven't lived together, and for 23 years we haven't lived in the same state. Uh, so yeah, I just don't see him very often. Um, Didn't grow up close. We, we, grew up, we grew up close, um, but, and here's the other thing, he's technically, and not that he cares about this, he's my half-brother, uh, but he's always just been my brother. Uh, we grew up together in the same house, we have different dads. Um, but no, he is nothing like me. <laughs> he is uh he's six three, about a buck sixty. Oh, he's really? tall and skinny, and he's uh, you know, he's he's just I'm not gonna call him a, a pejorative or anything, but he's 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 a passive guy. He's he's a pacifist. He's not interested in he, he doesn't like conflict. He's just a mellow dude. Yeah, he's very mellow and he's just um we couldn't be we couldn't have more opposite lifestyles you know i'm a well now i'm starting to settle down but for years i was just a lone wolf uh traveling the countryside doing comedy and he's the type of guy he spent 15 years in the military in the air force and then uh he got out and then did the exact same job he's an it guy he runs the mm -hmm. it at a big hospital in louisville and uh but just you know a real book smart guy and uh, the only thing we really connect over and bond over is sports. Uh, both big uh, sports fans, uh, both root for the same teams, the Falcons, Braves, and the Dogs. But uh, other than that, we don't have much in common. But I, I've grown to appreciate him uh, more and more in that, not to get into too much family stuff here, but Katie and her sister uh, are just mm -hmm. constantly at odds. Just and you know, of course, I only hear Katie's side of the story. And you know, if I had to guess, I would side with Katie that most of the trouble's coming from somewhere mm -hmm. else. Uh, but they're just for whatever reason, just you know, and and then they'll they'll get back to you know they'll they'll reconcile and be good for a few months. But it's just constant drama between those two. So it, it that has made me appreciate Jay. That's his name, by the way, Jay more in that like we're both just so low maintenance. Like we've never. As adults, I can't ever remember having an argument or a crossword. It's always just like, hey, you're good. I'm good. You know, holler if you need anything, you know, that kind of thing. And I'll talk to him on the phone about once a month, and I'll mm -hmm. see him about once a year. And, uh, yeah, it would be nice. I'd, you know, if we lived closer to each other, we'd probably hang out more and have a tighter relationship. But, uh, yeah, just uh, just kind of um, average Joe, but just a good dude. And, uh, yeah, likes his job, likes his kid, likes his wife. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. But, yeah, he's a good dude. Old Jay Stone. So, yeah, good dude. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's your man in the Midwest. That's right. Oh, ask me this one here from, uh, uh, Jay Jensen. <clears throat> okay. It says, Kyle, read first. Seinfeld trivia. Dave, I challenge you to show off your Seinfeld knowledge. In Season 8, Episode 6, The Fatigues, Kramer cooks a specific Jewish delicacy that he asked Jerry to try. He doesn't, says it's awful. What delicacy did Kramer just ask Der Jerry to try? I'm not going to lie, Jay. I know the answer, but I did see that you put the answer. But I did 
sincerely know the answer, and the answer is Kreplock. Now, I don't know what Kreplock is. When you look at that scene, it looks like it might be some sort of like Jewish dumpling or pork bun type thing. But that is one of my favorite scenes because <laughs> Kramer is going to a Jewish singles mixer, and he volunteered himself to cook all the food, even though Kramer – they never reference him being much of a cook. Yeah. But one of my favorite lines is in that scene, and the whole point of that scene is he sucks. He's just, he, he, he doesn't have any skills. And uh, he, he makes Jerry eat the Kreplock, and Jerry takes a bite and he goes, oh, this is awful. And he goes, well, the recipe was for, for four to six people. I had to multiply for 183 people. I guess I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like screaming down the hallway. He goes, I got three kitchens going. I got brisket going at Newman's. I got... <laughs> What does he say? I got Cooley working at Mrs. Antanas or something. And, uh, and then Jerry goes, oh, it tastes like dirt. He goes, well, I dropped it on the way over. But just that line, I had to multiply for 183 people. I guess I got confused. But, yeah, I'm a big – I've yet to meet anybody that can match me in my Seinfeld trivia. And I mean like actual you trivia. You Seinfeld trivia night. I should. They I didn't even know. Orange County now. They love yeah. that kind of white person shit. Like, and I don't mean like the dumb questions like how many times in nine seasons does, no, does people do that stuff Elaine them. yell get out? Like I don't know that shit, but I know Jerry's address. I know all the – even the most minor characters' names. Like – I don't know. It just sticks with me because I've literally been watching that show for 30 years now. Literally, it's I think that that pilot aired in 89 and it's just one of those shows I've always loved, even though I, I had no connection to it. I've never lived in New York. I'm not Jewish, like even though none of the characters are Jewish except for Jerry. But like, you know, Jason Alexander's Jewish, Michael Richards Jewish. I think Michael. Anyway, mm-hmm. it, it's a very a lot of Jewish humor in the show. But for some reason, it just always connected to me and like just just the subtlety and the absurdity. I will say, like, as the show goes on, it got really absurd and silly. Yeah, I started leaning like, what people responded like to. Like, really silly. Like, in the se- seasons, like, eight and nine, like, when Kramer uh, – did we talk about this? When Kramer uh, was using butter as suntan lotion and he fell asleep and he sautéed himself and then Newman wanted to eat him. Yeah, yeah. So he was a turkey. <laughs> Just really stupid shit. Yeah, get weird. Once you got full – you know, everybody tries so hard to impress network executives who are trying to sell a TV show, yeah. and they don't know. And they talk about it in the show. They don't they, executives don't know what the fuck they want. And then you get the show, and it barely makes. It. And then once you prove it's a hit, mm-hmm. and you can be like, "Hey, you guys were wrong. We were right." And they're like, "Yeah, here's a blank check. Do whatever you want with the show." Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, anybody who's really into Seinfeld, here's here's the thing to look for. Here's a fun Easter egg. Uh, in one episode, we meet uh, somebody's friend named In. Not Ian, but Ian. It might be when, uh, I think it's the episode where Lane's dating the ponytail dude who works at the uh, clothing store, and he promised to get her a deal on a Nicole Miller dress. But anyway, we meet this guy named Ian, and he's like uh, about a 60-year-old blonde-headed dude with a blonde goatee. If you look closely, that actor, he shows up as an extra in no shit 40, 50 episodes. Yeah, because that's what, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes when I'm really high watching a TV show, I will focus on all the background shit, especially a show like that that I, I've seen well, a dozen I've been times. Mad Men now, and I'm uh, like, I don't, oh, where's that guy from? Like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm on IMDb. Yeah. the whole time. Yeah, What's that I love doing that. That guy's where? From? Yeah, where do I know that face? But look for Ian, uh, the sixty-year-old blonde-headed dude. He shows up in so many. Now he doesn't have. He's only got a couple of speaking lines that I know of. But as an extra, you will just see him in the background. 
in so many damn episodes. It's really great. And they'll also do, occasionally, you'll see the same actor play two different roles. Like, uh, for example, Jake Jarmel, who is one of uh, Lane's boyfriends, who is an author, and then she goes to his book signing and tries to find out where he got his glasses, blah, blah, blah. He's also the cop in the Keys episode when they come in season two or three, when they come out to L.A. for a few episodes. He's the cop that they call when they find out that Kramer's on the news because he's been accused of being a serial killer. But they'll do that occasionally, like speaking roles. We'll, we'll, they'll recycle actors. I always find that interesting. Well, so yeah, there's your Seinfeld talk. Yeah, I think you would do very, do very good at a trivia night. <sighs> Joey Pancakes, what pointless hill are you willing to die on? Probably that Jeep Wave one for talking about this episode. Yeah. Me, um, white meat chicken sucks. All right, sucks. Or just isn't good as dark meat. Sucks. Straight up, you want to eat chicken or no? Chicken breast. If if that's what's for dinner, I'll I'll find something else to eat. Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Well, that's a little different. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's white meat chicken. Well, it's sit not down. the whole breast. Sit down, Dave. It's not the whole breast. You just got put in your place. Well, here you go, ham bone. <laughs> you know how you can make that sandwich a thousand fucking times better if it was a goddamn thigh. So you sit down. Yeah, but it's not. You sit down. Do you like, do you like that sandwich? <laughs> uh, it's okay. But you eat it. Does it suck? Does that sandwich suck? Okay. Better, better argument. My favorite sandwich in the world is, in fact, chicken breast. I wasn't thinking. Howlin' Ray's. But that's because they... Your statement's incorrect. If white meat chicken sucks and Howlin' Ray's chicken sandwich is made out of white meat chicken, then Howlin' Ray sucks. That's not a true statement, according to Dave Stone. White meat chicken, other than Howlin' and Ray's, fucking sucks. It just—it's an inferior part of the bird. I, well, and the I point think, is, they market a it. Hard stance. They market my I'm point. Thinking because no, white meat chicken can be just fine. My whole point is, though, they market it like it's premium. Like they—they they use that as a selling point. Oh, now a hundred percent all white meat chicken. Well, who gives a shit? Give me some fucking dark meat. I mean, I agree that it's better than than white meat. There's nothing I, I, I like when you. I love fried chicken, chicken on the bone, mm-hmm. thighs and legs. But man, when they fucking try to throw a breast in there, acting like they're doing you a favor, I've had arguments with fucking employees at Popeyes, and I'm like, can I get all? Dark meat, and yeah. they're like, no, you, it says it's one of each. And I'm like, yeah. the dark meat's cheaper. Trust me. Let yeah. me talk to your manager. Trust I guarantee you he would rather. it's coming in here aren't, don't want it. Exactly. But I guarantee your manager would be glad to give me all dark meat because he knows that that's the profit no, margin's no, I, different. I, I, I agree with you entirely. <sighs> I don't think it sucks, though. I mean, you give me a piece of fried chicken. Big dried ass. It's all dry. If it's not, no, if it's, not, if it's made well, it's still pretty good. It's chicken, Dave. It's all good. You don't hate it. You don't hate chicken, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you're just don't you're cur- in a mood. Don't, don't curse this world Come saying you on. hate any kind of chicken. I just, okay, I hate how white meat chicken is marketed as... <laughs> it's usually, yeah. I hope that picked up. Ah, well, who knows? <laughs> Uh, as a well-timed toot, if you missed got, that at home. Got the farts. God, you you got the butt thunder today, yes. bud. Oh, yeah. 
All right, we should probably wrap this up. We got show yeah, business shit to tend things. to. William Peck, would you two smoke with someone after a show if all they wanted was a smoke and a general conversation, not to go hang out like teenagers? I've done that dozens of times. Yeah, if you're talking about pot, I'm just no good on pot. I'm no good around people on pot. That's yeah. why I usually don't do it. Or if I do it, I'll smoke your pot and be like, okay, cool, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's just not very gracious. So I do it if, I'm, uh, if I've walked to the show or someone. Like, I don't want to get fucking blazed after show and then yeah. drive three miles back to the hotel. No, no, not at all. But, yeah, I've done that a lot. Any, uh, any quickies coming through here? Um, oh, somebody asked, uh, where's the one about the wedding band? Uh, More Jeep questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. Daniel Rodriguez asked, Dave, now that you're engaged, what is your dream wedding band? What song would you like your first dance to be set to? Uh, man, I I would be tickled pink if the drive-by truckers played my wedding. And uh, while maybe not the mood, uh, lyrically, I guess I would have to go with their song from Decoration Day called Marry Me. It's a good song. A little toe tapper. Sweetheart ones in there. Marry me. Yeah, they got a bunch of good ones. But usually, most most every drive by trucker song, somebody dies. So I don't know if that's great wedding music. But for my personal mm-hmm. taste, yeah, get old DBT to play my wedding. Yeah. Jeff Klein, I'm going to answer another Jeep question in the zone. Jeff Klein, thinking of getting a Jeep Wrangler. Any specific recommendations on aftermarket improvements, accessories? Don't get caught up in all the bullshit. I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm, then I started selling off all this aftermarket shit I got. Really? Yeah. Like, what's, what's an example well, of something you... Well, it's like, it's like camping, where you go to an REI, and you're like, well, I might need it. I might need it. Yeah. Find out really what you're going to do with that Jeep. Because uh-huh. there's so much... That's what Jeep stands for, a joke, is just empty every pocket. That's a big old joke. Never heard that. Well, when you drive a Jeep, they tell yeah. you what that. So, a lot of it's cosmetic. I've used my winch once in the five years I've had it. But that's glad, a good no, thing to I was have. glad I had it. I was doing stuff that I was purposely going, I might get stuck. It wasn't like, oh, whoops, happenstance. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, take it out depending on which one you're getting, and go banging around the dirt a little bit. They're already they're trail ready, especially if you get a Rubicon or something like that. But I think tires and wheels always look nice on it with mm-hmm. a lift. But then you start getting into that. You start getting into there's so much shit you can buy for it. <laughs> Drive it around and get settled into it. Don't act hurriedly. You will look like uh, you look like a teen who started getting plastic surgery too early, and then they have to get plastic surgery to fix the plastic surgery. <clears throat> or like when people like myself are have to get cover up tattoos. I'll say this: sit with it for a while. I've, as I mentioned before, I've owned two Jeeps, but it's been a long, long time. I hope to own a third one one day. But to, for my personal taste, and it's even if it's purely aesthetic, and you're not gonna you know utilize it, a Jeep. With factory mm-hmm. tires and wheels, what's the fucking point? I gotta have some bigger. Gotta have at least some thirty ones. Yeah, preferably thirty threes or thirty fives. Yeah, but like just when I see a Jeep, just bone stock factory tires, like ugh. Well, there's street tires on there now. When I got the Rubicon, it was still uh, it was mud tires, which is not great for Southern California. So I got wheels, but I kept the tires. I uh-huh. got wheels, which was not smart. And thinking like, well. Let me hang on to these tires. Let me get wheels that'll still work with these tires. Uh-huh. That's not what you do. You get wheels and tires as a package. Yeah, but it's it's fine now. I got these pro comp things on there, which got a little bit more life left to them. I didn't realize yours were thirty fives back in the day when I was fucking around with Jeeps. This was back in the nineties. Like 
yes, I was aware of 35s, but like even like the most everybody stopped at 33. Like, oh shit, I, that was the I, upgrade I, from 31. Like, oh, you got 33s. Yeah, I didn't need 35. And now everybody's, I see a lot with 35s. Like, oh shit. I didn't need 35. <laughs> it looks good. I didn't need any of this shit. Looks good. I could have kept the same fenders. I should have kept the fenders. I just got rid of the Gobi rack and sold that off because I wasn't using it. Selling a lot of stuff that I'm not using. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. So really sit long and hard with some choices. And take a chance to go to an off-road show and see the products you want on the Jeep. Because some of the stuff you see in a catalog looks a lot different when you get it on the car. Real quick, what's something you do want to upgrade in the near future? If money was no object. Just, oh, I'm, I definitely would I, like I, I, I wouldn't have a Jeep. I would oh. get something else. Oh, really? If money's no object, I would get a Bollinger. It's an electric, uh, but it looks like an old Defender, an old Bronco. Okay. All the all the gauges are manual. It looks real basic, but it's an all-electric uh, off-road. Really? Truck. Yeah, like $150,000. Jesus. Ridiculous. Well, all right. With your Jeep, keeping mine, it, mine? What, what's something you want to upgrade? Instead of, you know, all the I'm, shit. I'm done doing make. stuff, too. Really? There's nothing else. I might tinker around with the inside to make it a more inhabitable uh-huh. camping setup. Because now I keep my bike in it at all times. Because that's the only thing I do with it. I drive to either go camp or go bike. And camping, not as often. But the bike, instead of having it on the tow hitch rack and taking it on and off and worry about it. If it's sitting out there locked, so I just keep it locked inside the car. Yeah. But I only have one seat in my Jeep. I don't have any other seats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't even have the passenger no, seat? No, so I find I want to sleep in it. Interesting. Which I want to do in December, go camp and do bike ride stuff. So, Oh, boy. Well, I don't know if that was uh, information. Hillary had a good thought-out <laughs> question. Let's do one th- well-thought-out question. All right. Do you, Hillary says, do you think that since Christianity stole so much of their history from pagans that the things the pagans believe were real, but because of – but because – the true practice has been lost over the years. We don't see the same mystical things that the pagans did a long time ago happening now. That's a great one. So the pagans are the ones that experienced the mysticism. Mm-hmm. And Christians are the ones that had to stomp it out to dominate it. Mm-hmm. And we don't, so we don't have the history from the pagans that maybe they did see a lot. I mean, kind of, that's you're getting into your ancient aliens territory. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of comments, but I think that's maybe yes, Hillary. That's a very good observation that maybe Christianity just beat all the mystery out of that pagan history. So Beat the mystery out of that history. Ooh. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> God. Hard beef right now. Man. All right. Oh, Good question, Hillary. Farts not, a McGee. Of, not a lot of creative response. Yeah, sorry about that. Let's put her down. Put her, who, Hillary? Like she's yeah, a, sorry, Hillary. She's a horse that broke her leg. Too, you're too smart for this place. <laughs> put you down. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Sincerely, we appreciate the shit out of you guys. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you should have a uh, Dave's Kitchen up uh, pretty soon before Thanksgiving. I gotta, put that gotta, stuffing recipe back out there. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to do. Why did somebody ask about that? No, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because stuffing. Yeah, I haven't done a video on As a guy going into the holidays as a vegetarian for the first time, I really need some of that stuffing. Well, mine, mine's got sausage in it. Yeah. So, But put the fake sausage in it. Or any kind it. of stuff. I, I love stuff. I'll yeah. sit there with a bowl of stuff. Yeah. Stuffing's fucking great. I love it. 
Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do for Dave's Kitchen. Should be, uh, it'll drop before Thanksgiving, hopefully a few days before Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, got any more questions? I'll, I'll probably be talking about the uh, brine recipe. Everybody wants to know about my brine. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about that too. So, yeah, man. But yeah, patrons love the shit out of you. Really appreciate it. Tell a friend four bucks a month. You get, uh, you get all this stupid bullshit like you're hearing right now. Get this shit. So, uh, but, uh, like Hardy Boy Chevrolet used to say back in Georgia, we love you and we need you. Hardy Boy Chevrolet. Hardy Boy Chevrolet. We love you and we need you. Oh, boy. Find these deals. No, it's mm-hmm. just trying to make a Hardy Boys. I, I see what you did there. All right. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. The Boogie Monster. Boogie Monster.